it is time to tune up the band and be elite, be, be elite, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How are we doing on this glorious day? where most likely half of our fan base is going to be like, oh, you sellouts, oh, you marks. Like, I, look, look, as I've said to anyone else, right, you can call us shills when we're actually getting paid. So <laughs> until I see those checks come in, until I see that that money hit the account, we're not shills. Mm-hmm. As soon as I see a check that is signed and the signature of Shahid Khan, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I mean... <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Yep. Yes. Uh, at least give us time to sell out, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's also true. And like, we also have firmly established that we are free people with zero, zero knowledge or expertise on professional wrestling whatsoever. <laughs> I also have zero knowledge or experience in marketing, but that's a separate thing entirely. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, just to uh, confirm... Dear listener, yes, I sound different. That's because, like, I <laughs> think I believe I explained last week, my microphone died in my laptop, so I've had to buy a headset. If I sound different, well, that sucks. But there is a way that you can change my fate, Sam. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, screw it. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just get straight into yes. it before I do the spiel. It's patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. I want to stress this, and I cannot stress this enough, guys. Uh, if you want to help out or just be a part of the sweet chinwag in any way, shape, or form, help us out by going onto the Patreon um don't your donations for a month will also get you will get you you know one day early access to episodes of the podcast as well as some little goodies such as exclusive access to our page oh sorry our discord server and and early little releases of edits in progress as well and one of our stretch goals of course being (laughs) i mean i'm still adamant we're doing this is the first season of the XFL. I also thought, chaps, maybe maybe, maybe we should do the first season of Tough Enough as well. <laughs> it's a secondary goal. It's okay. a secondary goal. Okay, all right. So we so we have uh, Heroes of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have to find something else to fit in like above that. And then we'll throw the first season of Tough Enough and then the first season of the XFL. Yes, it's a good snap. Just for reference, one of your shorts is hanging out. One of your nuts is hanging out of your shorts. <laughs> I just want to just shit all over that Triple H roasting the competitors. Look right, it's a it's a goaded video. So yeah, that is patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag so we can get ridden off of AT&T and have him sounding much clearer. <laughs> See, we live in England and we know how shit AT&T is. Yeah, oh, actually, you know what? Um... Further to further to that thought, I want to say a whole hearty fuck you to Verizon. <laughs> I was going to say that as well. <laughs> a company in America that that is so shit it screwed up a British person's schedule for two whole weeks. So yeah, fuck you. you we are shooting on phones. We are shooting on U.S. phone companies. We were always connected to this point. 
Nobody does it better than us. So before we go way off tangent, I'd just like to reiterate as well that you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms except Verizon. You know, guys, there are many wrestlers that are all elite, but here at the Sweet Chinwag, we are always pending and always will be. <laughs> All right, we need that on a shirt <laughs> yeah. in the style of the of the uh, all, yeah, all, the, all elite. Being the pending. Being the Being pending. Being the pending. <laughs> so before we get on to our little retrospective and talk through the short history of all elite wrestling, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 down. Wrestling news. Ah. Um, I would say relatively light on the actual amount of news uh, recently. I don't feel like I've heard many major stories. I mean, there's one that I'm choosing to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, two, actually. I don't blame you. Um, just because both of them involve people that uh, I don't want to entertain uh, anything to do with them maintaining relevancy. True. True. Uh, so the first one I'm going to get to is uh, the announcement that the for, formerly the Authors of Pain are starting their own promotion and they're doing their first show in the UK. <laughs> uh, and apparently they're planning to sell out the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, which, uh, as I've said, um, NXT didn't do that. <laughs> like, at its peak. <laughs> so, I don't know how they're going to manage that, but, like, good on them for trying. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good to be ambitious. I guess. Like, I don't even know that I've heard anything about who they've got involved or what, like, the plan is. Mm. Like, even then, I still feel like the the actual amount of news on it, they said it's going to be streamed on Fight. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, clearly they have some sort of... Um, agreement with it but like literally it's just the announcement that they've like formed the company and that it's gonna have their debut on june 4th live from the motor point arena in nottingham england oh boy well here's here's the thing all all the great all good to them and i hope they i wish them all in all their success but this just sounds so much like five star wrestling i can't this is what i mean i can't help but make the any 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 british wrestling fans or even ones from from abroad that remember five star then you know exactly what i mean which is a company that promised everything and delivered absolutely nothing and like, just every time you just get stuck in the, is this, the, is, are we doing this again? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, it, it, it's so strange. It's, it's, it's so funny when these little things happen in pro wrestling because it's, because it's just like those, it's one of the, it's like those overly ambitious companies that like just go all in immediately, and then you kind, and then it just dwindles within. Well, within the first show, I mean, I mean, all you need to look, all you need to do is look at World Wrestling All Stars, sorry, in a prime example. 
it's not even that though it's just the whole thing of like they start the company and they're like yes we have this really really big idea and i'm just like okay but like beyond that because these companies always end up being like okay we're gonna try and get one big start put our title on them they'll have a match like every three months <laughs> mm. And then go from there, and it's like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> ah. So, remains to be seen, but... <laughs> I'm curious. More, maybe there's a morbid curiosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. My morbid curiosity is what person that I don't want to see are they going to manage to drag from out the rafters? I, say, mm, I was gonna say, and then suddenly realizes that possibly it would be a laugh if they did bring in Drake Maverick because of his Brian history. That'd be, you know, I, I wouldn't even hate that though. Me neither. As long as they don't bring anybody from Control Your Narrative, I think I'll be all right as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is controlling your narrative by oh. saying you're gonna sell out the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. Oh God, damn it, damn. <laughs> Although, to be fair, have, have, have both of you seen that Braun Strowman video? I have not. Should I? Thank, thank Christ you haven't. Okay. You don't need to watch it, Did <laughs> You really don't. Basically, Riddin, Braun Strowman uh, looks like he's entering his Joker arc. Oh. But like, but, like, in the ironic, like, right-winger meme way. Oh. No, I was I was legitimately going. Please, 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 just let it be like like it's being it's, it's, it's so excessively serious, and he's like doing a video, and it's in like black and white, and he's holding a knife and talking about stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is definite Joker arc material. <laughs> I can't believe that the internet ruined the Joker for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really hurts. Really hurts. Really, Man, did you did you know that we do in fact live in a society? You know, I'd heard about that, but I wasn't entirely sure until I saw dumbass memes of Jack and Phoenix. Oh lord! Yeah, there you go. And then and then for me it was that, and then of course there was the other meme of Return to Monkey, and I'm just oh for God's sake. Oh yeah, you, we as a society have collapsed greatly in the past two years. <laughs> well, it's we. It is good. It's good to live in collapse, ain't it, guys? Isn't it fun? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Um. Oh man. Can, yeah. Should we talk about Kota Ibushi? I mean, we could talk about Kota Ibushi. Poor guy is I mean, part, 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 part of it, part of me being here and being like, should we talk about this is half the time? because I honestly don't feel like I understand half of what's happened. I'm mm. kind of like filling in gaps. So. Same. Um, well, it seems that uh, Kota Ibushi has finally had enough with upper management of New Japan and decided to kind of air his grievances to, to everyone yeah. and ask and say to people why he's been gone why he's incredibly upset and why, you know, he does not like the upper management at New Japan. Um, all of varied... By the way, I've looked at the thread. All varied criticisms, by the way. Well, I was going to say, because I don't care. Out of all the bits that have been like seemingly confirmed out of this, my absolute favourite part has been 
the upper management being like, you could be fired for this, and Kota Ibushi basically just going, do it then. <laughs> and then yes, that's... like what, like what a flex. Like right. yes, you are going to fire Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, because the thing, because the thing is, right? It basically, at least from what I can tell, it looks like he's obviously got all these grievances, and that he's pointing out like very valid issues with the company and with people working there, mm. and being like, "Look, I, you know, because both this this started from the whole, oh, we want you to come back for." Um, you know, what he's come back, but he was only like 40% recovered. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you, you're going to have to work the, it was the, it was the G1, wasn't it? New Japan Cup, I believe it might uh, be. You have to work, you have to work the New Japan Cup and he was only like 40% recovered. And so I think he's holding, he's obviously holding them responsible for him getting injured again because he got injured during the course of that tournament. And, you know, they've been pushing hit, pushing for him to return again, like on a, on a faster schedule it's like it's not possible and so obviously you know it's it's all very valid criticism i know there's been a whole thing going on about like tim mentioning about like ties to the yakuza and stuff which like haven't really been properly confirmed i mean not even being funny Everyone has ties to the Yakuza. In, in well, so 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 the way the way the way I was seeing it was not as in like the Yakuza are involved with New Japan, but as in like there are people in New Japan who have worked or been in con like what been in work with the Yakuza. If you look and at he's going to call mm. and he's going to call out them. Mm. Now, if you've read in any sort of history of Puro yeah. in Japan. It see always seems that the yakuza are always lurking around professional wrestling. I mean, gosh, look at Pride FC. You know, mixed mar- like the the premier mixed martial arts promotion in Japan. Turns out, right at the end, that when the UFC bought them out, everyone was tied to the yakuza and throwing matches. Yes. Yeah. So like, so like, that's the thing. But I'm, I'm assuming it's a thing of like, look, there are people here who are like doing business with them, probably for their own interest. Mm-hmm. And going like, hey, look, I know that they're with them. You know, if you, you know, if you want to come talk to me about not doing the right thing, and it's so funny that this all came from Kota Bushi attending an of uh, an event co-promoted by New Japan yeah. by. A New Japan contact contracted talent that he was there and he was just watching. Yeah, it wasn't he wasn't even performing. Yeah, so it's it's nuts. It's genuinely nuts. For my, like for me though, I just hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah, more than yeah. anything, because this does sound like he just he, it, it was just too much. Like the, the 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 proverbial hit the fan, and he had finally just had enough and. I, I honestly, for for my sake, I hope he's okay. From what I've heard, I, I don't know if it has been confirmed. He has been fired by New Japan. I do not know if that is a hundred percent confirmed, but I think the reports last time I checked were that yet yeah, New Japan have decided, yep, yeah, you can go. So I don't know if he has been, but I know he took out. There's a thing saying that he took out the references to New Japan in his like Twitter bio and header and stuff. Yeah. So 
I guess we'll see what happens when we get a further update on that. But honestly, like, come on, Kotobushi's one of the most popular wrestlers in the world. Not not just Japan, but in the world. So, I, 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 I mean, guarantee you, throughout this the entire time, fucking Sanjiro Takagi was just like. Get me this man's phone number right now. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I could make this work. <laughs> um, gosh, what else has there been in the world in, in kind of news wise? I mean, Roman, of course, the whole situation contract situation with Roman. Um, he's working now a lighter schedule and he's not going to be doing house shows. Um, and certain pay per views. Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it seems as if like we get. We, it seems like we're going to be getting. Um, I mean, of course, we. It's it's another week, and we're talking about the eventual WrestleMania match of of Rock versus Roman. And I guess now I'm very much on the ilk of well, with all this being said, does this match really need the title? And I I am one of the ilk that says no. Rock versus Roman does not need to be a title match at WrestleMania. Not not in the slightest. Not in the just let it slightest. be what it is, man. Just, just let it be what it needs to be. So if it's Literally if it's Drew gonna win the title at Clash at the Castle, there's a possibility that could happen. I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. Randy Orton could be the one to take it from because he's getting Friend. really popular now. Fans are really behind Orton um, the past few weeks. Uh, all signs point to Cody at this mo- at this moment in time yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess those are the three front runners for the title. I mean, it's nice to know that there are some certain options because for the longest time it was like, well, there's no option at all. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. my my money is on Drew. Mm. I I want to say Drew v Cody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also like Randy Randy Orton's just He's won it just so many times. He's won it so many times. Yeah. Would like even see the hard thing is WWE, but I, I might <laughs> I might be boo boo I might be boo 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 the fool here. But would WWE really go back to the Orton well after all this time? Yes, oh, this would yeah. go. Oh yeah. See, absolutely they would. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I knew you guys would say that, but yeah, I want to I I, I be stupid and say no. I want to be stupid and say no. Come on, and in I Vince's think... eyes, Randy's the future of the company. <laughs> it has been since 2002. Just, yeah. <laughs> do we want to do, do to touch on Hikaru Shida? Um, the whole situation is... is... Is very, very kind of eh at the moment, and it's kind of like it's a lot to go it get into. But needless to say, I'm on the side of Sheeda. She was confused, upset. I would be as well, considering yeah. she didn't hear about it until the actual event had happened. But the only reason she was pulled was because she didn't, she wasn't there in time for the injury or like doctor's checkup, so they had to get like. To scramble and bring Chris Statlander in, despite the fact that even like Hikaru said, I she does not mind, and it's actually it's good to see Chris in the tournament as well. But uh, man, you know what? When she said, I don't think they care about Japanese wrestlers. There's a part of me that kind of ag- tends to agree with her. 
I mean, like, I just want to say, <laughs> Riho and Hikaru Shida are both former AEW Women's Champions. Yep. And I think a lot of the time, it does not feel like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. It's a strange one. I mean, we've spoken about the AEW women's division and its uh, deep problems. Oh, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to it. Cut, we'll get to it. Oh, boy, um, we will get to the women's division. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll say that much. Um, but, you know, it, it's just the kind of thing that, kind of, you know, it shouldn't be happening. It really shouldn't. Come on, you're a billion-dollar business. Someone could have at least told her, you know, down the line that this was what was going to happen. You know, <laughs> you know, you're work, you're working, you're working with international talent. You know, she just working, she just working. You know, a schedule abroad and in the US. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, she because she, she she was saying that she'd worked like, I think it was. Uh, Two two freelance shows and um, an event for Mackay. Mm-hmm. You know, before that, so <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly what it is. I mean, whilst on the subject of AEW, a very solid dynamite this week. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed John Silver versus CM Punk, and I'll tell you this much, man. I love John Silver. I really Me, love man. John Silver. <laughs> He is, he, he is, it's one of those things again where it's like the dark, I don't, I don't think they truly understand just how good a group they have in the dark order. Uh, I mean, we can point to Stu Grayson leaving, which I think is just the biggest shame because I don't think, I do not think they realise just how good a talent they had. Uh, It's a crime that Evil Uno and Stu were not tag team champions sooner. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, Great match with CM Punk. Uh, that he had, and Punk, again, it's just like, Punk, oh, I, I tell you, man, Punk is just such a good guy, to, he, he can, and he can work with absolutely anyone. <laughs> it's why, like, this is what I've been loving about his return to wrestling oh. so much, is that he's been having absolute barnstormer matches with everyone. <laughs> it's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. It's all he wanted. Yep. Uh, also, Punk being a heel coming out in a in a in a New York Islanders shirt in Lord Island is is inspired. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wardlow now being the uh, the ace of all elite wrestling again. I'm just I'm loving this. I'm loving this gradual kind of like like they've got they've become very gradual with this uh, pushing of Wardlow's that he's slowly getting being won over by the yeah. crowd. Um, MJF, like, doing a pastiche of Dark Side of the Ring, I absolutely loved and enjoyed. <laughs> they even had, like, the out-of-focus B-roll as well that they yeah. do that when they stage it's... certain moments. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the little things. And Barry Horowitz. As well, being one of the talking heads was incredible. The, uh, the Jewish wrestling heritage. <laughs> I loved it so much. Uh, Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. Now, I made my like my my moan my moans about the Owen tournament and the billing for it and the participants in it, uh, and I'm still I still stand by it. It has produced a couple of great matches. We had Dax Harwood versus Adam Cole the other week, which was tremendous. Uh, we had Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy, which was a 
What was everything you would have expected from the pair of them being in a match together, yeah. honestly? Oh, both of them are dead, right? Oh, both of them are absolutely uh, close dead. Close to. Close to. Yeah. yeah. Two incredibly horrid bumps both men took. <laughs> Remember, Jeff Hardy's in his mid-40s, or mid to late-40s now. <laughs> Every time I'm, every time I see Jeff Hardy do something like that, I am reminded of that one interview where he, where he all but all but said like, yeah, yeah, if I die in a ring, fine by me. <laughs> if Which, I die, I die. <laughs> just oh, okay. Um, I'd say maybe one of the old kind of blemishes. Well, if you want to call it blemishes, we we had Dan Housen's debut and he gets a bait and switch. We he jobbed out to Tony D. <laughs> Nah, trust the process, bro. Trust, I'm, I'm trusting it because at least we're now let, like let it play out. <laughs> Hook came back, came out with the save, and now we're getting Hookhausen as the tag team. So I'm trusting the process for now. Mm. I'm, I'm trusting the process for now. Uh, yeah. Well, they did give us the great kind of like a lot of people were there in the arena, a post-show confrontation between Hook and CM Punk, <laughs> which ended which ended with uh, with Hook uh, get, uh, putting the red rub on CM Punk <laughs> to send the I Long like Island to, I like crowd. I believe that uh, even through that ending segment when they were off air, Taz was still doing the calling of Hook's moves. Yes, that's it, Ipan Sayanagi, brother. <laughs> Hokajime! Hokajime! Ah, <laughs> uh, but no, I've, I, I, it was a very good, it was a very solid dynamite this week. We got Rampage, we had a very good match, well, I say, an, an incredibly good match between Scorpio, Sky, and Frankie Kazarian for the TNT Championship. It's just a shame that a certain Sammy Guevara keeps appearing why are we again why are we doing a double turn again like it, it was very well established i think a lot of people were well a lot of people absolutely bought scorpio sky being the baby face uh and semi guevara being the bullshit heel but i cannot understand for the life of me why they've double turned the pair of them again bro look right <laughs> it, it, it's just like so surface level but like even if they want to keep Scorpio as a heel, at least bet, let him be like the like, you know, like the I'm better than you, as in like I'm I'm better at you than at wrestling. Mm. Rather than going through this whole thing, because like, oh my god, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just there, and I'm like, what's he doing back here? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You were supposed to have disappeared. <laughs> Into the ether, never to return to the TNT title pitch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, uh, man, maybe, uh, Tony better have a, better, a good excuse for this. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> at the moment, it seems very confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> oh, man. Although we did have a very good six-man tag match as well. We had we Death did, Triangle versus the Andrade family office, which is a very... It's always good to see Death Triangle in a trios match. God, you got to love that Geordie bastard and his Mexican friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy how... Um, you know, it, it is a shame that obviously, you know, he's kind of held back by the thing of, like, I want to make sure I'm able to, like, go back to the UK when I want. Mm. 
Mm. And he's like, I don't want to move to the US. But like, to be fair though, right? Just like, do your thing, my guy. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to argue with Pac, so... <laughs> oh, God, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean look, look at the man. I, I do not want to mess with Pac in one... In Isn't any it way crazy that before. that man looks like that and he still makes time for Greg's pasties? Yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's the Greg's pasties that does it. It's the Geordie diet. Yeah, that's isn't true. It? That is that is true. <laughs> like that's that's Pope. built that's built on Greg's pasties and Nuki Brown. Exactly. That that's Popeye spinach, my dude. <laughs> oh man, you know what gets me excited though? The the one thing from AEW that gets me excited, Dan, and you know what it is? That gets you excited. That gets me excited. We're getting Hangman Page versus Konosuke Takeshita. Oh yeah, okay. Next All right. week. I, I, was, I was thinking in my head and I was like, what has Eddie Kingston done recently? <laughs> We're I getting mean... Takeshita versus Hangman Page. Oh Yeah, I'm 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 here for this. If it's ten... I'm here for this. I don't mind if this match is ten minutes of nothing but lariats. We're getting oh, we're getting this match and I am all for it. Yes. Sam, I, I I love you, but now you've just got the that you've just got the CM Punk Samoa Joe video stuck in my head now. So like, I hope you're happy with yourself. Kojima, Lariat, 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 Lariat. Yeah, um, you know I'm gonna be. You know it's gonna be quite horrifying seeing a slow motion, basically two people trying to decapitate each other in slow motion for ten minutes. <laughs> It's just like the thing I was saying about the, and I was like, you do understand that like Takeshita is just gonna like go like crazy on this man. Yeah, I like as I said um, on Twitter actually, this match I really hope like that Takeshita wins over a US and mainstream crowd with this match because truly, gosh, he is something special, and I think a lot of people need to see more of him, and I really hope this is the match to do it for him. Because I was going to say, it's just like, Takesh has been held back so much by having matches which have had, like, no crowd or, like, clap-only crowds. Mm. So I think this will be a really good opportunity to, like, obviously for getting him on a different level to a new audience and all of that. Um <sighs> I guess I just want to say I hope the reception for Hangman is up to the same. Same, I agree. Like he's got, he's got to, he's got to go to like the same point. And this is the thing, Hangman's had. There's nothing against him. He because he's been having incredibly good matches as world champion. I just feel like it seems like a lot of people have just not taken to him as champion, which is a big shame because I think he's been honestly, he's been a really solid. AEW champion. Yeah. Um, so I really hope like this is the match for both of them to kind of really knock it out of the park because both of it, both of them have it in them. And I feel like my hope again is like you said, Dan, with a crowd there, they're gonna really gonna get behind Takeshita. <laughs> mhm. Because he has that in him to do that. And plus, man, we, we, this is we're getting a DDT champion in the main event of AEW, man. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's what I'm. I'm just like, this is this is crazy. This is, you know, it's really good to start seeing that uh, partnership start to come through. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, oh, cannot wait for that match. Cannot wait. Um. 
I mean, in the world of WWE, um, as I said, Roman Reigns has kind of been the big talking point throughout this whole thing and the future of where they're going to go with this. Uh, we now know, of course, about Clash of the Castle. We got a little bit more information on that. Um, it's... What's to say about WWE the past couple of weeks? The shows have been better. That's for damn sure. They really have. It seems like they're doing a bit more of an upswing, but we'll wait to see what happens over the next kind yeah. of like in the build. I guess in the lead up to Money in the Bank, because it seems like that's going to be their kind of next big show because it's taking place in a stadium. This, this, this Money in the Bank. So I hope, man, I just, I hope, I guess what's the hope? I hope it's just easier to watch. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's easier to watch. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's I think it will take. be. I think it will be. That is my only take on WWE in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> anyway. I hope it is easy to watch. <laughs> but uh, anything else kind of that in the news, Dan? Or No, I think that's it. Lovely, lovely stuff. All right. Let's go over to Recommendation Corner, where Reardon is patiently waiting for us. What do you have for us this week, Reardon? How do you feel about multiversal kung fu? I feel amazing about it. Uh, you, you, you're just, you're just, you're just getting into that part of my brain. It's just the pleasure part of my brain there, Dan. Uh, Reardon. <laughs> well. You guys are in so much luck, you have no idea. <laughs> As the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once has finally, finally come to the UK. <laughs> now, our American listeners have been able to watch this absolutely great movie for, I believe, three months something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. so this will be no surprise to you this is specifically for the uk crowd <laughs> i have been waiting for this damn movie to come out in the uk for ages it has been frustrating but it's finally here <laughs> uh, everything i have it's heard about time. this yeah everything i've heard about this has said yes this is exactly what i need michelle yo is finally getting the nod that she has deserved for years? Mm -hmm. Yes. Shout out to you, Michelle Yo. You who have been doing work, been doing <laughs> gangbuster work since as long as I have been alive. Um, it has been getting nothing but rave reviews. It makes for a very, uh, apparently a very good double feature for with Doctor Strange, so you got that going on if you haven't seen Doctor Strange. <laughs> I am going to be watching it if not this week coming up then next week come hell or high water it, it has to be it has to happen that is my recommendation go see that movie it is it is you you don't come on guys broaden your you horizon you owe it to yourself <laughs> you owe it to yourself and your loved ones to see this movie <laughs> oh man i will watch that can i also make a recommendation as well i finally got into it and I can fully understand why people, and I mean, I say people, I mean absolutely everyone, <laughs> is raving about Spy Family. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard good things. It is generally probably one of the most, one of the most fun 
animes I've watched in a long time. It's the perfect blend of action and comedy. And just one of the most cutest characters I think I've seen in an anime in a very long time. <laughs> I've not I watched a the good pre- anime in ages. So. Uh, the, I love the premise of it. I, I, love, I, just, I love it and I can understand fully why the entire internet, well, the entire anime portion of the internet has fallen in love with all three characters. <laughs> So no, that's my recommendation. But with that, it is time to get on to the main portion of this episode. It's been a long time coming, gents. Two years since we've been doing all of this, and now we get to finally talk about All Elite Wrestling. The little company with a lot of money behind it that could. (laughs) Yes. So gentlemen, before we get into talking about a little history into the world of all elite wrestling my first question to you is this when did you first start to hear about rumblings of a potential brand new major company coming into the u.s and what were your thoughts when you heard that there Mm -hmm. was this guy this billionaire who was looking to start his own major american wrestling promotion um I don't know quite remember when I first heard about it, but I do know my reaction to it when I heard about it, which was very simply, I give it a month. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even, I'm not going to be one of those people who thought, uh, who, 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 who pretends like they thought it was going to work. I didn't think it was going to work. I I got burned by TNA once. (laughs) I wasn't going to burn again. (laughs) I gave it a month. I did not think it was going to be anything substantial whatsoever. <laughs> like, like I, I copped to that, like, straight up. <laughs> yeah. So I, first, so I first heard about it through a group of friends of mine uh, that's, that talk about wrestling quite a lot. Um, and so kind of... You know, at, at most, I think there's like there's like one guy in the group who like occasionally watches Impact. Mm. They're pretty much all like straight up WWE guys. <laughs> but then I heard them say about like, oh, there's like apparent apparently like Cody Rhodes has started his own company, and I was like, excuse me, what? Because <laughs> you have to remember, by this point, I was like four, five years out of the loop. Mm. Mm. Because I stopped watching. I stopped watching wrestling from about like 2014 to like 2019. Mm. And basically, the only match I'd watched in that time period was Kofi Mania. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was kind of there, like, oh, okay, Cody Rhodes is starting his own company. Oh, that's strange. All right, whatever. And then just kind of over time, like I heard about, it and I was like, "Oh, okay, the guy, I, the guy that owns Fulham Football Club is involved." <laughs> okay, I was like, "Is he starting a company over here? Like, is it going to be based in like West London, or is it in the US?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, it's in the US. It's in like you know vaguely around like Florida." And I, I did have like the whole like. All right, so like, is this gonna be like an actual company, or is this gonna be like TNA like five point <laughs> Yeah, I my like my, I think the sentiments for a lot of people, as well as myself, are all of those and the above. 
I think when we first, when I first started hearing rumblings that there's this billionaire dude that was that owned an NFL team, and Fulham was like, you know what, I'd like to start a wrestling promotion, and then we at the same breath we heard that um, literally I heard day after All In that Cody and the Bucks were thinking of making a wrestling promotion after the success of All In. And those two kind of almost kind of almost interwoven together. It's like hmm, we've heard a lot of this before about like like entrepreneurial yeah, I mean. moguls making a major yeah. wrestling promotion and then kind of ballsing it up within the first few months. Uh, Not even necessarily ballsing it up. It's just like you hear about them, and then obviously, like you know, if you want to use like the TNA example, it's like, oh, company is really cool and interesting, and then just begins this gradual decline. Mm. Mm. And that's if like WWE, WWE haven't put like active practice in place to try and destroy the competition. Mm. Yes. Um. And so, like, it was obviously quite interesting to be there and be like, "Oh, okay, they're starting a company, and they've got like an actual investor who seems like they have like some, they have actual investment in other projects that they do." Yeah, not just a guy who has a bunch of money. It's like, oh, these guys have like investment portfolios. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, and it is a very, very interesting time. It mostly was around this time uh, when the murmuring started happening and then they started getting more and more kind of like traction to them and then suddenly in 2019 we ended up we ended up we ended up getting the formal announcement but i'm getting ahead of myself let us go back and set the clock back all the way to may 2017 we're right in the midst of the elite now part of the bullet club gaining traction and becoming a big deal in professional wrestling doing stops in new japan and ring of honor when someone on twitter i found on twitter talked and mentioned something to dave Meltzer, saying could ring of honor sell out a 10,000 seater arena for a wrestling event to which dave replied not likely <laughs> so <laughs> in in response the young bucks and cody's decided all right, then we'll, we'll we'll show you then, Dave, that we could do that. It's just the pure energy of them just being like, I bet. All right, then we'll see that. We'll bet you that we could do that. Now, here's the thing. At this time in professional wrestling in 2017, no indie promotion had ever done anything like this. And the last wrestling event outside of WWE to sell out a 10,000 seater arena was World Championship Wrestling it back in 1999. So really, when you think about it, Dave kind of had some logic to say, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it, he, really? he was there and was like, look, right, I... To, to, to quote... Um... To quote our favorite, the, n- the numbers don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's a good p- point to mention that, like, he wasn't being a prick. It was, like, statistically, I don't think it's very likely. Yeah, mm. like, we, we we all know what Davey Meltman is like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? But, like, I think we can say, like, we can understand the position. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, at this time as well, uh, indie wrestling was seeing quite a, uh, a revolution or kind of like an upturn in its popularity. 
Um, well, I was going to say, because this was kind of coming off the time where, like, PWG was starting to get, like, a hell of mainstream a attention. Exactly. From a lot of people in Hollywood as well. Like, there are a lot of people that went to, to PWG shows that we like, that are, like, celebrities. The one that always gets me is Sophia Vergara. Once I was going to say, is it, is, it, is it that one Twitter post of Sophia Vergara next to the... I can't remember who it is, but it's like, I think he is dead. <laughs> I think it might have been Biff Busick <laughs> or Chris Hero. <laughs> it could have been. Which is like, I think he is dead, and I'm just like, I love it so much. <laughs> it's just something like great about seeing that. Like, <laughs> oh no, it, the, it it's the energy that the post has because it's a, it's her taking a selfie. She's smiling in it. There's whoever's in the ring is on the floor. It's just, I think he is dead. <laughs> Apparently, Joe met uh, her husband, Joe um, Manginello, is quite a big fan of wrestling as well. But he's also like a massive D and D fan as well. Well, I was going like, to say because he's a, he's a ma- I know he's a massive D and D guy, but he's apparently a big pro wrestling fan as well. And it's just like you know those, what, dude? Those, those two, that that Venn diagram is a circle. Let's be frank here. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> yes. At this, yes. It's like you know what, dude? You are making us nerds proud by being by looking like a jock, but actually being a nerd. We love yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he played Flash Thompson for crying out loud in Sam Raimi's Spider Man. <laughs> so he's no, he's he's got the jock mentality down pat. But no, thank you for being a D and D fan, my man. <laughs> so. 2017, we get that tweet. The popularity of independent wrestling is through the roof at this point. Ring of Honor are doing great numbers. New Japan is now seeing a very much an upswing in America. Uh, fakes a lot in part to the Bullet Club and the offshoot, uh, uh, like uh, offshoot group, the Elite. They're now doing gangbusters, and they're the one of the very few, one of the very first wrestlers to actually get uh, merchandise in Hot Topic. May I just say that the first wrestlers to actually get um, merch in Hot Topic, Hot Topic was the Insane Cloud Posse. <laughs> yep, there Based. it is. There it is. It all comes. I swear to God, at this point, we need Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope on the show. At this point. <laughs> It, it might legitimately be possible. <laughs> At this point, it like, might actually happen. <laughs> is... Okay, all right. The... Now I've got to find out who manages ICP. There we oh, go. No. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> but no, like... Uh, they were doing gangbusters. They're getting, they're selling out merch and hot topic. It all seems gangbusters. It's all kind of building to a, to a, to a big, big point. And this brings us to January 4th, twenty. 18 wrestle kingdom 12 and the big big announcement coming into this match is that chris jericho a wwe contracted wrestler is wrestling in a new japan event against kenny omega this would be chris's chris jericho's first new japan match in nearly two decades and his first match outside of wwe since 1999 this was, was a, a big deal in professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember hearing about that and just being like, "Wait, hold up!" And he's not like immediately going to get assassinated afterwards. What happens? What's very interesting at this time is that Chris Jericho was working on a handshake agreement with Vince McMahon, and it wasn't actually signed for a formal contract. 
Oh my god, I See, didn't know actually that. Have, he actually had the freedom and legality to go, you know what? I'm going to work here. And the way he sold it to Vince was, look, look at it this way. This is going to sell big for the Japanese market. If I do this and work as an ambassador of the WWE in a New Japan show, just imagine what we could do and what numbers we could pull in for the Japanese audience, to which Vince was like, oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. He was oh. absolutely fine with the idea. And I was like, man, that, that means you've got to work at the company for 20 years for, for Vincent Man to be able to go, eh, go on, you can work there. Yeah, you look yeah. right. It works. And boy, you know, it, you, ever, you ever think that this is why? Well, not not why, but this is part of why Vince McMahon has trust issues. Probably, <laughs> but you know what? Like, <laughs> so uh, the penultimate match uh, before the main event, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho tore it up in a no disqualification match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. One of Chris's best matches in quite a while, and as I said in the Kenny Omega retrospective. Kind of, Kenny kind of carried Chris through that match. He did. He did. Look, right, there's no shame in saying it. <laughs> and so, watching this match was a young man in Florida known as Tony Khan and thought to himself, you know what? If I had a lot of money, I could probably, I could probably make a wrestling promotion. Wait a minute. I have a load of money. <laughs> Amazing what you can do when you just have all of the money i was gonna say when you have enough money then you can kind of just do stuff like that <laughs> i love how in the in the wikipedia entry it's basically like for all elite wrestling when they describe when they describe uh shaheed khan and tony khan it basically the one the sentence goes the khans are billionaires and are part of the ownership group of the jacksonville jaguars and fulham football club <laughs> That's that's all you need to know about the cards, really, isn't it? Yeah, basically, <laughs> it covers it covers most of it. <laughs> and so that was when the seed was planted in Tony Khan's head that maybe he could actually potentially make a wrestling promotion. What? Let's see what happens in the next year. And mind you, his patience paid off because shortly afterwards, when the uh, the tweet started gaining more traction, Dave Meltzer's tweet of Ring of Honor not being able to sell out a ten thousand seat arena. The seeds were getting planted for an, an independent wrestling event being fronted by the Elite. And it was simply known as All In. The very first major independent wrestling event to happen in America since 1999 when WCW uh, uh, headlined a 10,000 seater arena. Now there were a lot of rumours going around of where this was going to take place. Uh, Florida, uh, Madison Square Garden, um, hell, there was Wembley Arena at one point that was that was actually being touted, and apparently that was one of the two front runners for it for it taking place was at Wembley Arena. Wow. Yeah, clarify arena, not stadium. <laughs> yeah. And so through all of this, more rumors going around. Of course, we see the you know we see the elite getting more and more popular thanks to the YouTube channel being uh, being the elite, which. I still watch to this day. It's a lot of... I mean, I mostly I'll watch it because of just seeing a lot of cameo appearances, like one-off appearances from some people. Like, uh, uh, well, I say... Well, our, our dear friend of the show, Dino Winwood, had an appearance of being the mm -hmm. elite quite recently, which I very much enjoyed. 
I think it's just a very fun thing because, you know, wrestling is what it is, but you don't often get to see those, like, backstage interactions. Exactly. And I think that that, that was what's really good and what I still kind of enjoy about being the Elite quite a bit. Even now, no, like, it's, it's, it's a wholly different thing to what it was back in 2018. Like, with the Bucks, it was kind of just kind of like a, a video diary of, you know, traveling the American Indies and eventually, you know, doing the, the tours in Japan. Yeah. Um, as well as having like fun little anecdotes from other or like from their friends like Kaz and Daniels and eventually like being in their hotel tail rooms talking about like stories from the road. Of course, one of my favorites is Cody talking about Ted DBRC trying to find the referee because he was gonna <laughs> fuck on him. <laughs> he was trying to fuck, fuck on me. me. I love that so much. <laughs> Um, of course, now it's become its own thing where it's kind of very much of a behind-the-scenes look in the world of AEW, as well as just being a, a, a off the of the balls to the wall sketch comedy at times as well. Um, but that was what was really bringing in more popularity for the Bucks and for the Elite, uh, and for more momentum kind of coming up into this. Of course, there was an all-in. Um, twitter page that was slowly giving feeding us and drip feeding us more and more information about who was going to be on the card we had nick aldis being announced we had of course the bucks cody kenny omega being announced for the for the card hangman page we had ray phoenix bandido we had uh pentagon jr ray mysterio got announced to much fanfare we had Kota Ibushi eventually getting announced, Kazuchika Okada. This started, eventually we found out that this was going to be a joint venture, even though independently uh, produced, was going to be a joint venture between New Japan, Ring of Honor, CMLL, Impact, AAA, MLW, and the NWA. <laughs> that's how like big this was, that all of these companies were going to come together. That's, go, on, you know that's on Avengers shit. <laughs> that yeah. is Avengers shit, exactly. And of course, the big one that surprised, I think, a lot of people, Stephen Amell, the Green Arrow, was going to be wrestling on this show. See, like, we, spoke, we spoke about this, though, right? And let's just let's just lay it up. Stephen Amell has no, had no right to be as good at wrestling as he ended up being. <laughs> he understood the assignment to a terrifying degree. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Eventually, I think it was about two months. Oh, it could have been like four, four to two months, two to four months before the event was going to take place on September 1st, 2018. It was announced that finally, All In was going to take place at the Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois. And I could not think if, well, minus Wembley Arena, could not think of a better place to, to, for an independent show to take place in than in Chicago. <laughs> It was probably one of the best places they could have they could have gone for, and I mean, of course, that also started a massive rumor that CM Punk was gonna be there. Yeah, I know, but I think if there's any like you could just be running like the tiniest indie show at that point, and be like, we're doing a show in Chicago. Oh my god, CM Punk! Yes. Do you remember that that, there was that time where just every time WWE went to Chicago, people just assumed CM Punk was involved? Yeah. <laughs> oh man it's it's, it's such a, such a weird time now that we think about it now that CM Punk is back in wrestling 
<laughs> that's the thing now. He's no longer just that chant you hear when people are angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. He exists for real. <laughs> and so all of this being announced, we finally, finally know where it is. And more people kind of get... You know what makes me, like, really kind of makes me go, oh, my goodness, I didn't know they were there. Oh, is my the pe- God. Is the people that were, like, the the backstage crew and the broadcast team that were there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here, here, here's a turnout for you. For the referees, we had Earl Hebner. Of course. Rick Knox. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Todd Sinclair. Makes sense. Paul Turner. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Lynn. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Slayer. And, of course, Tiger Hattori. <laughs> Yeah, but like, come on! Like, there was no way Tony was letting this event happen without Tiger or Red Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I reckon that like it could have got to the point where like they're like New Japan was like no, and then Tony just goes, "I will give you, I will give you literally two hundred fifty thousand US dollars just for this man to do one match." That's <laughs> true. For the interviewers, we had the man, the myth, the legend of the new generation of WWF, Sean Mooney. <laughs> yes, okay. WWF's very own Sean Mooney was one of the interviewers, along with Alicia Ratu as well. <laughs> I completely forgot that Sean Mooney was one of the interviewers. I'm not lie. This is Todd Pettengill, Erasure. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, we had, for ring announcers, we had... We have Justin Roberts, of course, in his, his uh, famous gossip post. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so for commentators, we had the trio of Don Callis, Excalibur, and Ian Riccoboni. Again, I think that's a pretty solid trio. See, I re- Excalibur and Riccoboni, I'm I'm fine with. I think that's a I think that's a very very strong pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh, less so on the Don Callis. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did have Dalton Castle as a guest commentator for the Battle I was going to say, Dal- Dalton Castle was great. Didn't they have um, who? They had someone as a guest for the women's match. Oh, it was uh, Mandy Leon. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, um, and I believe but... it was Tennille Dashwood as well. I had I, I can remember if she was there as like an interviewer or something, but mm-hmm. I know she was there. Um, but just like... <laughs> the whole thing of like Excalibur and Ian Riccoboni is so funny because they are they are like they occupy the same space but in completely different capacities. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's oh wait, we've got two of the exact same commentator. Oh shit, what are we gonna do? Throw Don Callis in there. <laughs> Just like fucking I don't know, Don Callis get him in there, I don't know. Okay, so chaps. Here we're going to go for numbers. Before we actually get into the all-in pay-per-view itself, I'm going to give you some numbers to this show. Okay, so the attendance, though slightly disputed, is sold out, and the number we were given is 11,263. All sold out in Sears Center. With a buy rate of... Have a guess, chaps. In 2018, so let's let's remember that professional wrestling is a very different landscape to what it was in its heyday. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think because, like, a, a good buy rate now is like a 
don't even know what a good buy right now. <laughs> like a point, it's like a point six seven mm. kind of thing. I'll go for point five. I'm gonna go for point four actually. Ooh, interesting, interesting. So the numbers are drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty thousand buys on pay per view, which is okay. insane when thinking mm. about it, and especially in that time as well uh, for uh, the professional wrestling, and as well for a uh, a an independent wrestling event that is unheard of. Yes. Yeah. So it is. It is one of the biggest, if not the biggest indie wrestling show ever as a matter of fact it's tag live for all in was the biggest independent wrestling show ever that that, that tracks <laughs> broadcast live on fight tv and on a certain pay-per-view providers across america and across the world it is all in from the sears center in chicago illinois as i said commentary by don Callis, excalibur and ian riccoboni we have a very special card and we are going to start and go down that card now i tried to find little bits and pieces here of all in uh but i couldn't find them just yet i believe it might actually be part of honor club so it basically now means that Tony I... Khan buying buying Ring of Honor means that he now has the rights to all. Well, in. I was going to say because that was always a, that was always a whole thing. I think there's like one of the matches they put officially on YouTube like a year later. I believe so. It might, it might have been. I think it's the Golden Elite match. It is the. I believe it is the Golden Elite match. I remember that because I believe. Or maybe was... I'm just seeing someone that's bootlegged it. And I'm assuming it's available for free. I believe I the reason why they put it up as well, um, most of it for free, is because it ran over time, certain pay-per-view <laughs> providers, and they cut the match. I think it was two minutes of missing of that match that was cut out on the pay-per-view feed for certain people. Yeah. Because um, I believe a couple of matches went a bit too long. but we'll Wrestling not being able to organise time properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, this brings us to the first two pre-show matches. SoCal Uncensored, the team of Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky versus the Briscoe Brothers. Very solid tag team match that went 12 minutes. Yep. SoCal Uncensored at this time were one of my favourite trios in independent wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, look, right? It's, it's, it's Kazarian... Um... Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky is basically just the American indie wrestling like trifecta. In, yeah, especially uh, Cal the California tri uh, indie it trifecta. It is literally the, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Solid match from the pair of uh, from both teams, as good yep. as it could possibly be. Of course, we had the over budget battle royale, which yeah. oh my gosh! How, all right, I, I'm trying to figure. All right, I'm trying to remember who was in this. Uh, oh in this, mate, I've uh, got the full. I've got the full list ready to go if you want it. <laughs> please give us the full list of all entrants in this battle royale. Okay. Uh, so we had Moose, Brandon Cutler, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, Cheeseburger, The Hurricane, Ethan Page, Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, Punishment Martinez. That's Damien Priest for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> uh, Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn, Marco Stunt, Brian Cage, Jordan Grace, Colt Cabana, Bully Ray, 
and the winner redacted. No, it's yes. Flip Gordon. Oh, sorry, no, Chikel El Luchador, may I add. Yeah, okay, he was look, going, right. I just want people to know it's Flip Gordon so you can be there and be like, hey, maybe I should turn off this match. <laughs> yes. Uh, of course, that would the, the winner of the match would go on to become number one contender for the World ROH World Championship and would be yes. interested in a match later on in the card. That brings us to the main card and the first match... M-Dog 20, Matt Cross versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. All right, let me lay this up. Why did AEW not go, like, try and back Matt Cross to, as, like, a as like a starter for the first year? I, I know, right? Like, because come on. Come on. Bro, they could have oh, run, run Matt Cross versus Pac. <laughs> oh, could you have imagined? Bro, it's literally PWG all over again. <laughs> Basically, you know, and, and, and you could have turned Death Triangle into Death Square because then you would have had Southern the Havoc. Death Square. The Death, Death Square. Quadrilateral. <laughs> I would have loved it. Oh, that would have been. Uh, it was. It's a solid match, and of course, this is this is MJF before you know the mainstream exposure, and so yeah. I mean, this is MJF still being MJF. And, it's and... not like a fully formed MJF, but like that's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing. A lovable form MJF. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and did all he did in this match and it's a it's a fantastic match of course matt cross gets the win in this one uh again again when you really think about it in today's day and age it's a surprise because come on it's mjf and also i'm right there with you dan how in the world did they not sign matt cross yeah they could they could have gone like to to be that guy they could have gone all in on getting matt cross like early because again it would just be it Matt Cross is one of those guys where literally, like, I know people will talk down about his career because of, like, his style, but, like, you you got him in your company because he could do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to think he was on Tough Enough and they eliminated him with Stone Cold saying, you didn't show much of your talent, which I'm betting you that, mo- I bet you that the producers of Tough Enough said, you can't do st- most of what you. They you they, they were gonna say like, hey, don't let people know that you can do like shooting star stomps. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird one, man. Because if if it were me, uh, it were me, man. It would the thought wouldn't cross my mind if you didn't want to do because as well because like because even early in AEW they were trying to get lots of luchadors in so you could have ran like they had like the mm. you could just put him in there with them and just like run that for ages anyway oh. this is my thing to say matt cross is great uh go and try and find his stuff as m dog 20 from czw yeah. preferably like pre 2005 yeah and then because ba- basically you have to contend with the fact of obviously you're watching a death match promotion right mm. but like uh was he was he like because he was a gymnast wasn't he he was a gymnast correct so he he just like found ways to do the most ridiculous stuff my favorite thing he's ever he ever did in his entire career I know he does it. He he does it in a couple matches in like two thousand two. I don't know if he ever kept on doing afterwards. He would do a handspring into a poison rana. Yeah, which is insane, <laughs> dude. Insane. It is so crazy. It goes so crazy. <laughs> right, tell you right, tell you of his gymnastic pro- prowess, and I'll tell you this much: there will be an episode on M Dog Twenty and Great Wrestling. Oh hell yeah, uh, and Matt Cross. I I guarantee you, uh, he is a two 
two-time gold medalist in the Junior Olympic Games. I'll do it. <laughs> but no, there's also out. there's also there's also the one where he uh, someone tries to throw him into the ring post and he flag poles off it. Yeah. that's a set that's a separate thing (laughs) he's so good he's so good and the fact that 41 he's still going and as still good as he was is insane to me uh so as as dan said check out his stuff as mdog 20 also please check out his stuff as son of havoc in lucha underground oh yeah Uh, so, I, okay, yeah. we're, we're doing we're doing all in. Side note: the um the whole um havoc storyline in um Lucha Underground is like really is incredible. Yes. <laughs> Back to all in, and we're going. Well, I mean, we're going into it with one of my favorite matches in the entire card: Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell with Jerry Lynn as special guest referee. Fun fact of the reason why Jerry was special guest referee. Who better to train you for this match than Jerry Lynn for Stephen Amell? Like, both Daniels and Jerry Lynn trained Stephen for this match, and I can't think of two better professional wrestlers to train you. Yeah. that That's just, like, straight up. That's, like, you turning up to, like, a, fo- like a football club, and then they're just like, hi, yeah, basically we got, like, every single legend we could just to do your coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. Fellas, this match has gone has done the rounds every so often when someone uploads it onto YouTube. So my question is, have you seen it? And what are yes. your thoughts on this match? See, this is the thing, right? When people are there, and I genuinely think that for a time this held this held the title of the best celebrity wrestling match. But the thing yes. is, though, is I almost don't qualify it as that because Stephen Amell's almost too good at wrestling in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a fair point. At what point does a, does a celebrity wrestler just become a wrestler when he makes his own TV show about professional wrestling? Which this is, is what Stephen Amell people, we, came, we, came, we came off this match though, and P- and I was like, "Yo, PWG could just have Stephen Amell pop up like every t- every every so often when he's free from filming." Mm. <laughs> like, I don't see, a pro- I don't have a problem with this. Ah, <laughs> uh, of course, the only reason why Stephen Amell managed to get into this is because he is very, very good friends with Cody Rhodes. And as a matter of fact, Cody had uh, had a, I wouldn't say a bit part, but he had a recurring role in Arrow. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I never, I, I will admit, I never watched Arrow. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of those guys. I haven't seen enough of Arrow to confirm or deny that fact. <laughs> I believe. Let us, know, has... let us know. Tweet about it. Let us know. <laughs> But uh, they became good friends, of course. That that led into Stephen Amell uh, having that tag team match at SummerSlam, uh, which saw him and Pac, uh, or sorry, Neville, teaming up to face off against Stardust and King Barrett. Uh, and it led to this match, which is Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. And, oh, man. I, I'd, I just, I'd, this match I love so much is because Daniels... You could say that Daniels carried Stephen Amell to this match because, come on, it's Christopher Daniels. He's had decades of experience. Yeah, no, like, but I yeah, think Stephen like, Amell held his own. Definitely held No, his it's own. like the thing of, like, you can be there and say that um, Christopher Daniels, like, carried him. But I'm um, like, basically, regardless of whoever is in that ring, you could argue they're being carried by Christopher Daniels because it's Christopher Daniels. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's the whole thing of hearing other people say, like, when like but when they've done matches with Christopher Daniels, like here they said like they feel so safe. Mm. Mm. 
and that it's just like when when he is when he is working, he is like his people describe it as like his brain being able to watch like seven things at once. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, like even at, like in his fifties, I still like it. Still amazes me just how incredibly oh, smooth Daniels is, and he's never. I feel like he's he's never lost speed. His speed and his swiftness and agility. Well, that's that's, that's the thing, though, because it's one of my one of my favorite things about Daniels, and it's one of my favorite things because it was an it was an interview. I think he did it with Fightful, like mm. this, like last year. Oh. And he said about how his philosophy is: I'll never do, I'll never do something I can't do in minute one in minute thirty. Yeah, yeah, and like the and like the reverse of that as well. Mm. and so it's like you can say like his pacing is so good because everything always makes sense it's always possible yeah Mm. you know and just like the 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 mind he has to wrestling is like so crazy i think there's a reason why he's head of talent relations in aew now (laughs) um but no it was a fantastic match um Man, Stephen Amell pulling off cross bodies, inziguris, going blow to blow with Daniels in this match. And eventually, of course, Christopher Daniels does the best moonsault ever to pick up the win. Um, After the match, uh, Daniels and Stephen Amell shake hands as a a sign of respect. Fantastic match. Couldn't think of a better celebrity wrestling match if you tried. But then we got Bad Bunny. So, you know, think of that what you want. Bad Bunny was also great, though. I won't have anyone talk down that match. (laughs) It was (laughs) tremendous. All right. Next match we got up was a four-way women's match, which saw Chelsea Green versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Madison Rain versus Tessa Blanchard. To be fair, it's a thing we didn't. It's a thing we didn't mention in the news, but we can. I can mention it here now. Which I'm just going to say, te- you know, once is a mistake. Twice is talent. <laughs> That's Three- all I'm going to say. Fill in the blanks yourselves when I mention Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> Three times is that you don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> No, three three times is undeniable statement of fact. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a solid match with like really good workers. Minus one, I will say. (laughs) Really good workers minus like. (laughs) Minus the one. Uh, I I feel like with Chelsea Green, a lot of she's had a string of bad luck. I think her career, especially in WWE, if you ask me, like. She's the Darren Anderton of wrestling, is that she gets constantly injured. But yeah. that is a football reference, if anyone did that one. Yep, yep, yep. An obscure there, it there it is. She is the Darren Anderton of professional wrestling. Is, I was trying to think, is there a more modern example I can use, but nothing's really coming to mind right now. Ledley King? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But no, it's it's a shame. Oh, I, I've got I've got it. The Jack Wilshire of wrestling. The Jack Wilshire oh, of wrestling. Oh God. No, it, Chelsea Green, a great talent, but gosh, uh, such a string of bad luck with injuries she sustained over yeah. the years. Um, she was. I love the fact that she then during this match it was a throwback to her Laurel Van Ness gimmick in, T- mm-hmm. in DNA. <laughs> that she was half Chelsea Green, half deranged bride. <laughs> 
Hey, brother, ju- just just trust the process. <laughs> also, a thing I totally forgot about this, that Britt Baker came out to Adam Cole's Ring of Honor fame during this match. Yes. I was uh. like... Huh, I quite like that. Nice little nod and a wink to a to an NXT star. <laughs> and Madison Rain's always been an incredible... She was just there like, mine now. <laughs> yeah. Madison Rain's always been such a solid talent in, in, t- mm-hmm. in the TNA knockouts division. So it, 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 absolutely. Made, it made absolute sense to put her into this match. Good match. Very, very solid women's match. Uh, Tessa gets the win. Make of that what you will. Uh, Look, right? They they had they had a they had a mindset at the time. Tessa was you know, they, quite they, popular at this they had, point. They had an they had an idea of what they wanted to do. They were mm. like, yeah, this will be great. Uh, obviously, hindsight is a, a thing. We can look back on it now and say maybe that wasn't the right choice. Indeed, I I, I agree. Let's get on then. <laughs> to the next match it is for the nwa world heavyweight championship and the, one of the opponents is putting his ring of honor on the line as a stipulation yes it's cody rhodes with i'm gonna say <laughs> he, ha- he had people yep. with him with brandy rhodes diamond yes. dallas page tommy <laughs> yes. dreamer and Glacier. <laughs> Let's lay it up. <laughs> it's WCW Revival Night. <laughs> Taking on NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, who has with him Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Listen up, slap nuts. He's getting a return here. <laughs> Samuel Shaw. Shaw Davari. And fucking let's go. Tim Storm. <laughs> All right, let me just say out of this, right, the one, the one person that feels the most out of place to me, and this is no fault of his own, is Sean Davari, and I don't know why. <laughs> this is in, this is including the fact that fucking Glacier is in this match. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Boy, we got to do an episode on Tim Storm, because that dude has... We su- can do an episode su- on Tim Storm. He's had such an interesting career, and in his mid-50s was the one that was carrying the flag for the NWA. <laughs> At 58, <laughs> he's still wrestling, by the way. And I mean, still... the, right, the, N- the NWA needs him right now, let's be real. <laughs> and, and may I just say, it is still a, a high school history teacher in, in his home state of Texas. Hey, look, right, you do what you need to do. <laughs> he is the embodiment of journeyman wrestler. Who actually, I would say, less journeyman now because he was a world cha- world's heavyweight champion. <laughs> Again, I reserve the right to make my comment on the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, yes. this was an old school NWA match through and through. This is basically Cody going, I just want to be like my dad. <laughs> Did you, did you know that Cody had a famous dad? <laughs> well, now you do. I still don't know how Glacier is involved in any of this, but like... Uh, by the way, may I just say, Glacier, I still think, is one of the trainers in AEW. <laughs> Look, right, I completely understand it, though, because I understand what that man had to go through and the amount of immense mental fortitude it would require. <laughs> the fact he still has his ring gear as Glacier and brought it out for the first AEW... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> look, right, we can we can look at we can look at Glacier and be like, look, right, we know it, we know that it's silly. 
and it, uh, the, the silly part is obviously the fact of it happened like so long after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like, come on, we all entertained the idea of some Mortal Kombat looking dude come out to a wrestling ring. Exactly. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Why yeah, wouldn't exactly you? that. <laughs> they didn't know what they they didn't know they had it good in WCW. I'm just saying. I'm just Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely they didn't know that from multiple different things. <laughs> which we, we which we have discussed so yes. much. <laughs> so what can I say about this match? It is a classic old school world heavyweight title match with with blood, with guts, with Jeff Jarrett. Need I say more? Listen up, slap nuts. <laughs> Needless to say, look, I know a lot of people probably say, really, are you? Maybe it's because there's the British in me. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Nick Aldis. I'm not to say that he's. I've loved Nick Aldis's work. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him. Nick Aldis always occupies like a strange spot for me. Hmm. Because on one forget. hand, I do like him, and on the other hand, I'm there and I'm like, yeah, but like, let's be, let, let's think for a second. <laughs> let's, let's never forget Brutus Magnus. <laughs> then, then after known as just Magnus. <laughs> but uh, great match. Cody gets the win, and we get a great visual of a bleeding Cody holding the NWA World Heavyweight Championship like his dad did on the top rope. Of course. And of we, course. And we send everyone home happy, even though that was the sixth match on the card. <laughs> yeah, but that, 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 this is a certified Cody Rhodes moment. Yes. <laughs> match seven, we get a Chicago street fight with a heel Hangman Page taking on Joey Janela. This is when Hangman Page was again actually trying to shoot hang people. Yes, he was, yeah, yeah. Like, he was living his, his cowboy gimmick here in... <laughs> Quite literally, my eye Just hateful-lating people. Yes. You ever seen the film Hang em High? That's Hangman Page. <laughs> um, this is a typical Joey Janela street fight, which, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, because I've always liked Joey Janela street fights. I've seen, I've experienced a Joey Janela deathbed <laughs> street fight in, in live, so... <laughs> They're always a load of fun. And I quite enjoyed this one. What I don't enjoy, and will I not, and not, will I'm not, and I will not talk about, is the aftermath of this match because I don't want to talk about the man in question. I don't want to give yeah. him any sort of. I don't want to give him an air of my breath to even don't, mention. Don't the man. even give it to him because yep. he doesn't deserve it, and he's an absolute bastard. Yep. <laughs> yes. Hangman gets the win on this one. <laughs> no. All right, match eight. For the ROH World Championship, it is, for one night only, the return of Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, with Leaping Laddy Poffo, taking we on are... Flip Gordon. We're playing the hits. I love... You know what I love about this is that Laddy Poffo himself brings Jay Lethal to the ring. Yes. Yes. It's... It's the little details, ain't it, guys? Exactly. It Who is. better than Macho Bad's brother to, to accompany you to the <laughs> Again, a solid match from the pair of them. Um, nothing kind of... For me, personally, there's nothing really a lot to write home about with this match. Um, 
but it is it is a solid match from the pair of them. Um, again, I can't really say much because it's a match that I kind of tend to not remember all that well. The only thing I remember is, of course, Jay Lethal being Black Machismo. That's about all I remember out of it, so... Oh, oh, of course, Brandy Rhodes of all people accompanying Flip Gordon to the ring. Yeah, you know, right? Like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, next match. Ah, oh, this is a match I bloody love and always remember from this one. It's Kenny Omega versus Penta El Zero. Oh, this match. Because uh, yes. I'm just trying to think now. This is like. Well, because this is Penta um, kind of reaching prominence. I think yes. Lucha Underground had happened by this point. Come and gone, yeah. but Penta was... Uh, at this point, Penta but, was... Like, we all knew, but people knew what Penta was about. I mean, I was hardly keeping up with wrestling, it, and I knew who Penta was. But to be fair, that's probably because my mate saw a guy in a mask with a skull on it and was like, you love this. Yeah, the I mean, most popular luchador at that time, without question. Not wrong, not wrong. You, you see that man, and a certain subset of the wrestling is like, I love you now. Yeah. Yes. And we'll, and we'll defend you, like, even if you suck, right, really? which luckily he doesn't. <laughs> like, real talk. It's, about, it's about the fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's about the fit. I'm still holding on to the hope that one day we'll see Penta maybe potentially hold the AAW Championship. I want to see that day. I desperately, desperately want to see that day. <laughs> but uh, this is a fantastic match from the pair of them. One of their very, very... Not one of their... Not what the first, but one of their very few interactions and matches together. And they always know how to knock it out of the damn park, the pair of them do. They complement each other so well in terms of holds, big lucha spots, big high-flying spots... They all it had it all in this match, and in a very nice tight seventeen minutes, which is, uh, which is, which is very rare on this card, may I ask, to have such a very tight match like this. But of course, this match ends with Kenny Omega winning, but also adds to um, continuing a certain storyline, because who should pop out wearing a Pentagon outfit? To give him a code breaker, the Chris Jericho, which was completely unannounced, completely unexpected. And this was actually confirmation from Jericho that he had left the WWE. <laughs> what a way to make the confirmation by actually making appearance at All In. <laughs> Crazy. Fun fact about this, right, is that Chris Jericho was scheduled to appear... I think several states away for a Fozzie show. He goes, has this, and through this has actually started contacting Tony Khan. And would you believe it? Um, as a little kind of agreement, Tony Khan agreed to have Chris Jericho show up all in only if t Chris could use Tony Khan's private jet to jet him to the Fozzie show after he had made his appearance at all in. <laughs> They were too well about the man. He 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 loves his band. <laughs> he actually ended up going on stage in full Pentagon makeup as well. <laughs> oh my god! Because of course, Chris Jericho. Ah, uh, alrighty. In the penultimate matchup, we have 
the eight we have well I think well the most popular star in New Japan Kazuchika Okada going up against name redacted yes now the biggest shame about this uh, I'm watching this uh, back uh, quite recently is that this is a really good match it's just a goddamn shame it has one person I really don't like in this match anymore yeah yeah um Okada, this was in Okada, like party Okada's phase, like when he had lost the World Heavyweight Championship and decided to, you know, carry balloons in his entrance and dye his hair red. We had yeah, Silly this Okada. Is... <laughs> Silly Okada's great, though. I liked Silly Okada with his jazz pants. <laughs> I did The party pants. Okada. In his party pants. I liked, I liked Okada. Okada just being Okada in this match. And that is, and that's not a knock on the guy because that's all he needed for an American audience is to be Kazuchika Okada in this match. And boy, was he! This match, the longest match on the card at twenty six minutes, and matter of fact, overrun by over ten minutes. Okay, how do you overrun by ten minutes? I have. That's not. That's that's not a mistake. That can't be a mistake. I imagine it's probably. Uh, miscommunication from Okada, or maybe just because so, so, uh, the other opponent's ego, possibly. Yeah. Coming into this, who knows? But it did overrun then that by Im- some margin. Because then, Im- then that implies that the match was only supposed to be like 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's hanging up at 26. <laughs> so I feel like there's a, there was a problem there that hadn't that didn't get solved. <laughs> Too many rest holds, mate. <laughs> Okada gets the W in this one. And he came out, may I just say, to an absolute thunderous applause as well. So it was always nice to see an American crowd, uh, you know, show love to a New Japan or to a Japanese wrestler. Especially since, like, one of... This was one of Okada's very kind of, like, big appearances in, in like, America. Since his time in TNA, when yeah. he was Okato... Oh. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole other thing. Fuck you, Vince Russo. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, and now we get the main event. It is the team of Bandido, Ray Phoenix, and Ray Mysterio. Oh, sorry, sorry, Wolverine, Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Bro, he's a, he's he's had a, he's had a lot of hits, but man, man, <laughs> <laughs> going up against the Golden Elite, the team of the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. It's a shame that the last match overran and the pay-per-view providers cut a couple of minutes out of this because this, honestly, was a really solid main event. Yeah. Um, I Man, look, I love Kota Ibushi and Kota Ibushi got to be Kota Ibushi going up against Rey Mysterio in a match I don't think a lot of people ever expected for a very long time. Yeah, I mean his stuff in Lu- his stuff in Lucha Underground kind of it really depended. Mm. It was like it was either you had like an actual really good le- level Lucha match, or it was just awful. Mm. You kind of really got all or nothing. <laughs> true, true. Uh, I think this was the time as well that Ray was actually making appearances in New Japan as well. Yeah, this would have been around that time uh, as well. But oh man, uh, fantastic. 
trios match and a good way to send it off again it's just a shame that it was hampered by time constraints and the fact yeah. that a couple of matches especially the last the, the last match that went on before this went on way too damn long so they had to kind of pack 10 pounds Everything of sausage in, in a five pound casing <laughs> and so they basically look right we're gonna go high spot high spot high spot high spot high spot Kota, you do your city stuff. Oh, I was going to say, do you, reckon, do, you reckon they were, do you reckon they were just there backstage when... Kota, I have something for you on this table. Just <laughs> ignore it, right? It's all set out in a line for you. We're going to go a million miles an hour. <laughs> yes. yes. Just just, just try to keep up. Basically, Kota just went, hi! <laughs> just, and then everyone dies. <laughs> You're there saying they're asking Kota to keep up. I reckon they were probably asking him to slow down. Yeah, <laughs> even still, <laughs> we've got to fit this all. In, we've got to fit this all into ten minutes. Kota's like, I can do you five. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this also I think one of the best bang more bang for your bucks that they had because they had a Bushi do it with them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and of course they the, the the Golden Elite win with the Meltzer driver because of course they had to end with the of Meltzer driver because of, remember was it this... gonna be anything else? Remember this was in response to Dave Meltzer's tweets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, it ends up being ending up being a rousing success. The crowd are thunderous applause and of course after the pay-per-view ends the elite come out and thank every single person uh, who was in the arena to everyone that was watching at home for coming in and of course this is where they plant the seeds for you know what let's do this again sometime little did people know it was actually tony khan that actually helped them out a little bit behind the scenes not fully committing to it but was very interested and wanted to help out in any way they could one of them, be, of course, being helping Chris Jericho get to his Fozzie show. And another one being helping getting access to the Sears Center. So this is where we started to plant the seeds of what potentially could be something quite massive. But we're going to leave that for the next part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Chaps, this is where we leave our story so far with All Elite Wrestling. I know we actually haven't got to AEW yet, but I feel like we needed to talk about this in its own part to fully get where we are going to with with AEW. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, going back and watching it, it's a very seminal point in professional wrestling as a whole. I mean, here's... Uh, some guys in the independent scene kind of betting, putting a bet on themselves, going, you know what? Let's try it. Wrestling at the moment is in a very good period. It's, I mean, it's nowhere near what it was like in the 90s, but it's as good as it possibly could be in today's day and age. You know, sales are up. There are people getting more into independent wrestling. Our merch is going through the roof. What's the worst that could happen? Probably only like maybe 7,000 fill it out and we can still have a semi-decent pay-per-view. I think not a lot of people probably expected it to be the rousing success that it was. And of course, that planted the seeds of a potential big major thing happening. So... I guess the question before we head off uh, before we head off on this one is 
what were your thoughts on All In when you had heard it, when you heard it was the rousing success and when the murmurings started to come around that there could be more than one show happening uh, with this? Just, hmm, something is coming here. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest thing for me was I was like, oh, okay, this might actually be like, you know, this actually might be an in, this might be an interesting point. Mm. You it's, know, it, it seems like they've got an idea behind it. And you know, even though I was out of the loop on wrestling, like I knew who the Young Bucks were, I mm. knew who Okada was. So I was like, well, if they're getting guys from over there, like, oh, I, to be honest, one of my things was like, oh, is New Japan like involved in this? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was like I feel like this was the this was a really kind of a nice shot in the arm that pro wrestling needed. It was a welcome change of pace because it had. I mean, I think we can all say as wrestling fans that wrestling after you know after the turn of the decade kind of went was was growing. I was going to say wrestling after like twenty ten got like stale quickly, <laughs> very quickly. And it was all, and let me say this, it was debatably already going stale after like 2006. (laughs) True. True. So in all honesty, this was like, I I really loved, loved the fact that it did so well in the buy rates, the fact that it sold out, the fact that, you know, right, there we go, that independent wrestling could actually draw a crowd on the ilk of a major promotion. Just as like, this is what pro wrestling needs. It needs this shot in the arm. I, and, and honestly, I didn't expect it to turn out to the way it did in the future. Yeah. That's for darn sure. I don't think a lot of people did. No, no. I don't think any of us really expected it to go that far. But, you know, it it, it managed to do it. It managed to retain the steam and keep going. Yes, absolutely. But we will get into that in part two of our retrospective on All Elite Wrestling when we talk about the murmurings, the, the formation of AEW, its very first event, which was Double or Nothing, and basically the timeline from then till right now. And that is all coming up in our part two of, of the AEW retrospective. Excited, guys? <laughs> I am absolutely to, to see how everything just goes more and more insane as I realize, oh, oh no, I legitimately have to pay attention to this. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love in the past two years we've done this podcast, like me and dad talk about AEW and slowly but ever so surely you've been like, maybe I should be checking a little bit more <laughs> AEW out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is the, the 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 history of AEW is almost the history of this of this podcast. Exactly. It, 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 do, it does track quite well with our own timeline. Exactly. Yeah, like just me more and more going. All right, fine. I guess I'm back into wrestling again. Fine. One of us. One, one of us. us. I think one thing I want to bring up actually before we head off is before anyone kind of you know before we kind of maybe get a deluge of DMs on our Twitter talking about how we're kind of like marks for this company. I want to make it preface it clearly that we, we, all of us as a free just love professional wrestling and we love seeing different companies doing different things. uh, Because like, it's a thing I've had where I've been like, you know, doing stuff with other people or talk to other wrestling fans recently, which is just that AEW makes what I like. So exactly. (laughs) And like, I've it's like what I said before, which is I was like, 
like WWE has its place. It's just that it, I don't think the product is made for me. Mm. It doesn't really provide like what I like and what I enjoy in wrestling. Mm. And you can, you know, you can make your own judgments off of that. Exactly. It's just that like I like what AEW is doing. I I like for them. I for the most part like their style and the range of styles that they have on show. I just like the way they go about things. Again, even then, like, you know, I'd probably still debatably be saying I'd much rather watch, like, uh, a DDT or TJPW show, but, like, you know, mm. that, that, it is what it is. Exactly. So it's like, we just love wrestling, and we just love getting our fix from any and every promotion that, you know, that does wrestling. It's just, it's it's a legit insane industry. Um, and it it's one of the it's one of the weirdest professions or hobbies and things to get into. But once you're in there, you kind of just, even from a casual standpoint, you kind of just want to watch a little bit more, and that kind of seeps into a little bit more, and then suddenly you kind of like fallen down the rabbit hole of like, and then what kind of silly know, wrestling can I watch? Know, next thing you know, you're at an indie show and you have no idea who anyone is, but you just you just vibing. Or you're on the other ilk and you're watching Lou Fez versus George Hackenschmidt from the 1950s. That's all. That is also uh, for true. <laughs> so yeah, come on, guys. Wrestling's wrestling. We just love it, and AEW's doing really good things for the industry. I, if I, I truly, as I always that. say, as I always say, because <laughs> hey, I'm anti-corporate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Which is uh, competition is good when actual competition exists. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> all right, then, chaps. That is, we've got all of that to look forward to for next week. Uh, be excited. Be excited, everyone who's listening as well. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon and Dan. And you have been listening to the Sweet Chin Wag podcast. We will see you, as always. Mm-hmm on the next one now we're gonna go off and have a super kick party for the time being you all down for that chaps yeah absolutely like although i think you you have you have the reach um advantage which is unfortunate but you (laughs) You know know. we vibe we We vibe vibe. i'll just bring my leg down ever so slightly so i can (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be having a super kick party and everyone's gonna be getting more bang for their buck exactly bye everybody (laughs) bye